0: Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join Jill and Tom as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right. This
1: is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. I am Tom Appel. She's Jill Simonillo. Thanks for joining us today. When you get a chance. Check us out at consumerguide.com. While you're there, check out our 2024 Best Buy Picks. I think we talk about those next week. We do. We do. So more on those soon. Uh, You can also uh, stream back episodes of the podcast right there on our homepage. As I teased a moment ago, she is Jill Simonello. She is a North American Car of the Year juror. She is editor-in-chief. No. No. (laughs) Managing (laughs) editor.
2: One day you are going to get that right.
1: I have notes in front of me, but it just never seems that important for me to write it down. (laughs) She's managing editor of Pickup yes. Pick Truckless SUV Talk, and her freelance work can be found several places on the internet. How are you, Joe?
2: I'm doing well. You've
1: been you've been other places.
2: I have. I've been other places.
1: Uh, and you drove the Lexus GX550. I did. And you can't talk about it yet.
2: Uh, I cannot give you driving impressions yet. That is correct.
1: But we do know it's now 550, not 500.
2: That is correct. So, um, you know, it's 550. Right now it has the 3.4 liter twin turbo V6 engine. Um, It's 349 horsepower, 479 pound-feet of torque.
1: Lots of torque.
2: Lots of torque. Um, And a hybrid engine is coming. So to to
1: clarify the big numbers... Yes, that's the GX. GX. There's also already an LX.
2: And a TX.
1: And a TX. But the LX is is of the old school rear drive off yes. road. Yes. Uh, drive it through the Sahara kind of truck.
2: Yes. So this is um, sa- built on the same platform as the Tundra and Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was, it was the GAF platform, I think, is what they call Good it. Good bones. Good bones. Um, and and here's here's an interesting fun fact for you. Oh. Um, it, it Lexus has decided this vehicle competes competes with um, the Defender, the Land Rover Defender, which, obvious. Reasonable. Um, but then also the BMW X5, the BMW X7, and the Mercedes-Benz GLE.
1: I don't question that this is a good vehicle. That's a lot of <laughs> fence straddling for me.
2: Yeah. well, you've, it, got,
1: you've got the very civilized side and the very rugged side.
2: Exactly. But yeah. here's, here's the other interesting thing. Yeah. Um, it is the only body-on-frame vehicle in this category now. Is that right? Defender is unibody.
1: I don't know if I knew that about the Defender. I didn't.
2: I I mean, I I guess I knew that, but didn't know that until um, they really pointed it out. And I'm like, I got a GTS because I'm not sure that's correct, but it is correct.
1: You know, an interesting vehicle like that, Hmm. Dodge Durango Hmm. is unit body. Okay. But it's default rear drive. Yep. And you used to be able to get a V8 stuffed under the hood of it, but it was a unibody vehicle. Yeah. Also for people who don't remember this part. And you have to start to sort of be a little bit older in the industry for a while. The the Durango is actually based on the old Mercedes Benz ML from back in the Daimler Chrysler days.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a long just time a little ago. history. That was before their Cerberus days.
1: It was before Cerberus, and Cerberus Cerberus kind of bought Chrysler out of the relationship. They were they were the uh, the bounce. The bounce, the bounce. After, Got it. Yeah, Fiat or uh, not Fiat Chrysler before. Taylor Chrysler. Right. <laughs> All righty. Uh, what was I going to talk about here, real quick? We don't have donuts today.
2: No, we don't have donuts.
1: We have a cherry turnover, we have something else, and a banana nut muffin.
2: Yeah, so I think I
1: hope that's okay.
2: I'm going to opt for the banana nut muffin.
1: When you walk into a donut shop, even though it's a 24 hour donut shop, mm-hmm. when you walk in there at 3 p.m., you may not see a full a fully stocked shelf of donuts. Maybe not. Because they probably just back away to the more common popular stuff. Well, people come
2: in for afternoon coffee and sweets, not a donut.
1: Yeah. We're going to be talking auto shows in a moment Mm -hmm. with our friend Jennifer Morand over at the Chicago uh, Automobile Trade Association. Yep. They've got a lot going on this year.
2: Yeah. Chicago Auto Show starts next week.
1: And uh, I'm just going to tease this now, though we will be talking to Jennifer about it, and that's that uh, uh, the Super Bowl. Yes. Happens. It does. The second day of the auto show.
2: Uh yeah, second full day, full public day. Yeah.
1: So if you are if you are in Chicago and thinking about going to the auto show and you don't care if you don't care about the Super Bowl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> go, go to the auto show because it'll be a dead day.
1: It'll be a dead day.
2: But but so also on that day to kick off, I, we've talked about this a little bit last week, to kick off the auto show. They're doing on Sunday morning a race on the auto show floor, a running oh, race.
1: Oh, oh, I don't know if we we'll talk about running again we two can't, weeks we in should a row. Talk,
2: we, we're going to talk about it three weeks in a row because like I've signed up for the race four weeks in a row. I've signed up for it.
1: Uh,
2: Miles per hour.
1: That's enough. There's no four weeks of content.
2: There. there, There's totally four weeks of content in that because, um, you know, we can talk about it happening and then I can talk about what it looked like after the fact. So much exciting content about running. Oh, I God. know you're absolutely Wait, So the thrilled.
1: running thing, the running thing takes place the same day as the Super Bowl.
2: It does. So
1: people before who, the Super Bowl. So people who want to uh, work off their French onion dip in advance.
2: Exactly. Go, go run the race and then you get early access to the show and then you can see the show and then go back and watch the game if you want yeah. or the commercials i know
1: people want to do this i know you want to do this
2: the race yes yeah it's very cool
1: all right why don't we talk to jennifer all
2: right <laughs> on the
1: phone on the phone is jennifer moran She is the general manager of the chicago auto show she is very busy right now jennifer how are you
3: hi guys i'm good how are you now you
1: probably just had your first kickoff meeting today right a couple weeks out a lot to do
3: well, we the have the first kickoff meeting. The first, yeah, the first kickoff <laughs> meeting. Yeah, I no, I didn't, I didn't catch that. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> we we're wrapping up everything. We yes, we have to move down to McCormick Place this Thursday, so we are we are ready to go.
1: I just want to make those clear. You live down there during the auto show.
3: <laughs> we we do, and it sounds crazy, but it because does. The convention center is is so close to the hotel. It's just literally connected. Um, it makes for just an ease commute um, Mm -hmm. when we're there, you know, early, early hours and then late into the evening. So it's nice that our team just kind of moves in. And then, you know, I always, I always love it too, because you're kind of, your mind's all auto show all the time anyways. So to be there, you just, you really feel like you're ingrained in the production and, you know, logistics and everything. So no, it's, it's a good time.
1: So to be clear, you get a room at the hotel, you don't just unroll like a bedroll yeah. in, in the back of a Buick Enclave.
3: <laughs> I'm sure you can get pretty creative. I you know, I have to give a shout out to our friend, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Tom and Jill, our friend Wendy Orsman.
1: I remember uh, this.
3: was mm-hmm. at FCA at the time, or maybe that was back in the Chrysler days, but she no, that was Nissan. It was yeah, Nissan. So, that, so that yeah, it was Nissan because she had a couple journalist friends stay under the uh, the stars, if you will, indoors at the auto show. And what and what we didn't realize when you know Wendy was coming up with this this great plan was that all the lights would still be on, so the journalists <laughs> journalists got no sleep. So I think uh, I think <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the hotel room, probably.
2: Probably wise. Although I bet um, it, it, the Subaru booth um, would be a nice place to camp. I'm just gonna put that out there
3: that's that's true they're that bringing in mosquitoes this
1: year
2: Oh, to make it really like yeah to
1: make it realistic <laughs> super's bringing in mosquitoes
3: all
1: right you've got an auto show coming up tell us about that because it's a big deal
3: yes we do so we open our doors on february 10th uh so that's coming right around the corner mm. here so then we'll go through president's day on the 19th and yeah we're shaping up to be uh, to be a great show um you know we we are just all the planning is kind of coming into place. We have our map up officially now on our website, ChicagoAutoShow.com. Oh, cool. Um, I know there's, yeah, a couple of really exciting events that are taking place. I know I think you were just talking about the miles per hour run, which yes. is going to be on our little uh, Sunday, the big game morning. Um, so it's, it's a great time to come on out. But if you're not into running, we also have a craft beer tasting event called Chicago Friday Night Flights, and that is Mm -hmm. going to take place on the final Friday, which is February 16th from 5 to 8 p.m. I I do want to mention real quick to people who are listening to your show, I know have been coming probably to the auto show, they're somewhat familiar with the show. So um, we are going to be closing an hour early this year just to kind of give a heads up. So you know 9 p.m. instead of 10 p.m.
1: And that's every day, right? And then on the last day, also 9 p.m.?
3: Every day except last day, eight p.m. It's just an hour early, okay. and then Super Bowl Sunday is the one big caveat. So we are going to close that day at six p.m. on February eleventh, a Sunday, because it's just people. I mean, I guess people like you know, there's a little 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 uh. big game going on here. I don't know. I so I don't. I don't watch the the auto show, but yeah.
1: <laughs> but that is a great day though for people to go down, right? Because there's it's going to be, it's probably going to be quiet early that day.
3: Yes, and we're actually running a, a, a fun special on that day, too. It's called Game Day at the Chicago Auto Show, and we're offering a discounted ticket at 5 bucks off regular adult admission. So oh. just wear your favorite sports team apparel. We're not going to get too crazy. doesn't have to be an NFL team. could be college. It um, could be a backyard league. You know, we're really just kind of have fun with the day. Wear your favorite sports gear. Um, receive $5 off your ticket. Or you could head to our website and, and pre-purchase the ticket in advance.
1: So what's cool if you're bringing the kids down there?
3: So we're going to have various... Uh, displays. I know you, we just talked about Subaru. They have a whole new display this year, so I'm I haven't seen it yet. I'm very excited to see it. But you know, incorporating the national parks exhibit almost feels like you're immersed in in it, which is super neat. Puppies, I know, are the drawers in <laughs> yes. Subaru. Their pet adoptions are coming back. I had to pry my nine year old daughter at the time away from the Subaru display last year because she wanted to take home another dog. <laughs> uh, so wait, wait. To be clear, you be guys aware.
1: you guys grabbed a puppy from Subaru before last oh, year. Oh no,
3: we we had a puppy. We had a Puppy separately, but but okay, she wanted okay. another dog. I should have clarified. Of course yeah, so, she did. Uh, yes, yeah, she did. So we're going to have that, and then we have our test tracks. We have a couple indoor test tracks coming back, which are always a highlight. Uh, Ford has their built wild Bronco track, so it literally feels like you're on a roller coaster indoors with their Bronco Mountain, um, and then Hyundai's going to have their EV electric uh, vehicle track back as well, um, and then our Chicago drives electric track is coming back this year but i'm excited to share that we're nearly doubling the amount of brands that are going to be on uh the the track this year so we'll have nine brands in total right now and all of those participants are found on our website
1: that's cool jennifer correct me if i'm wrong here but after an absence mazda is back is that correct
3: yeah, that's right. So Mazda is returning with the help of Napleton Auto Group. So we're excited to be able to feature the full uh, Mazda lineup, uh, vehicle lineup at the auto show. Um, we also are welcoming a brand for the first time, Lucid. Uh, wow. We'll have that's yeah, great. we'll have vehicles on the EV tra- our, our Chicago drives electric EV track as well as a static um, air for people to uh, take a glance at. And you never know, we might have one or two more coming in. You just you just really don't know until the sh- <laughs> until the door is open.
1: Yeah, if people haven't seen the Lucid Air, it's an incredibly cool-looking vehicle at a distance and mm-hmm. even cooler up close. Mm-hmm. And then as, as far as Mazda goes, the CX-90, one of the nicest new crossovers of the last couple of years. An incredibly good car. I agree. So that's cool. Oh, wow. So, so uh, tell us about First Look for Charity.
3: Yeah, so First Look for Charity will be on Friday, February 9th from 7 to 11 p.m. That's our black tie gala for those who aren't familiar. It's really just a wonderful night. Besides the great food and, and musical entertainment, all of that, you know, getting dressed up is you know, just a night out, um, but it's all for a really, really good cause. So 18 local charities are represented, and people have the ability to choose where their donations go. For example, if you want to split it amongst all the 18 charities, that's that's great. If there's one particular charity, charity that you feel strongly about supporting, you can direct all the funds to go to that particular charity. And, um, you know, the cool thing that people might remember is that we also do a vehicle giveaway that mm-hmm. evening. So, um, so this year we're going to be giving away like a, a 2024. Uh, yeah. Right. I, who, who wouldn't <laughs> it? It's always, it's always the highlight, you know, it's people's questions. What can I, you know, do, what can I win? You know, and, and Hey, a vehicles a vehicle's a goes goes along with the theme. So, uh, 2024 blazer for up for grabs this
1: year.
2: Wow! Awesome. Yeah. No, I love the black tie auto show every year. Um, I always buy tickets uh, for my husband to go because I usually get a comp ticket, but I, I buy a ticket for my for my husband. And I always like, even though I've been there for two days, I'm like so excited, and I like literally drag him around the floor. Come look at this. Come look at this. You got to see this. You got to
3: see that. So um, well, and Jill, and, you've been there too for the media preview. So you you have a yeah. leg up, you know, on Jonathan. You know exactly what to what to expect. So
2: exactly. So I just I, I'm I'm always excited, and you know I have to say um, Tom and I talked about this um, a couple weeks ago. My dad, who recently passed away, this was his favorite event of the year. Um, when he could come, he would always come with me, and so um, this year I'm looking forward to going. And I'm going to have to go sit in a Corvette Aww. and have my photo taken and.
3: Uh, think of him no oh, jill that's so touching i didn't realize that that was one of his favorite events
2: oh it really was he loved wearing a tuxedo and uh i just i remember bringing him with me and our our friend kirk bell was like why are you bringing yeah. your dad to this event and i'm like because i want to go away
3: <laughs> oh i love that i you know what one year um I, I purchased tickets for my my parents to come, and it, it, by far my dad was just he just loved it. And I've, I'm you know I'm, I'm fortunate to have both parents, but unfortunately, just their health you know in terms of walking, and right. their health isn't as is, is great now. So I but I I, I like you I I really think fondly of that time and um you know just it's just a fun night out like you said your dad getting dressed up in a tux and mm-hmm. there's a red carpet you can pose for a photo opportunity and by the vehicle that will be given away later that evening um so really just what a nice night out and you know it's friday night so it's you know good it's, date night it's the weekend yeah great date night
1: <laughs> so jennifer uh how do people get tickets and what's one more thing we should know about the show
3: so tickets for First Look for Charity are found on firstlookforcharity.org, org, or oh, you can okay. head to chicagoautoshow.com. dot um, And really, what what I would what I would leave people with, and just to kind of take away, is this this show is, is unique, and I and I don't want this to be kind of the um, elephant in the room. You know, unfortunately, Stellantis brands are not participating this year; mm-hmm. uh, they're out of of all shows, most shows, at least through Q1, um, so it's it's really disappointing, but that shouldn't deter people. We have a great lineup of brands coming. We have everybody coming back, um, with the exception of Stellantis brands, and then even, you know, more brands than last year. So, you know, it, I, we always say this, if we were in the position of, you know, Philantis, everything was you know, <laughs> none of that happened. We would say we're, we've built back, you know, coming out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we've had a couple tumultuous years with obviously the, the pandemic and then the inventory chip shortages and, and that. Um, so, you know, but what I would, what I would really encourage the, the people listening is that, you know, it's going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different. We're going to be in the South Hall, um, but it's going to be a jam-packed, uh, a jam-packed show. We actually moved portion of the wall in the back. Mm. So it's the wow. South Hall but expanded. So 340,000 square feet. So we're just shy. We're still shy of a million. I mean, it's not, you know, you're thinking about, oh, you know, if it's in one hall or smaller. It's 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 really not. It's going to feel really <laughs> um, exciting with the tracks and the, and the various brands back. So, um yeah, I, I would. Uh, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to a, to a good, that solid good. show this
1: year. Jennifer, good luck with the show, and thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thank you so much for having me. See right. you
1: there. that was Jennifer Moran with the Chicago Auto Show. Thing about the Chicago Auto Show, I'm not going this year. I got my bum knee. I got to have surgery, so so I, I can't walk. Basically,
2: we could get a cart for you.
1: No, I won't do that. <laughs> I won't do that. But here's the thing: first show I'm missing since I think 77 might be 76. Oh wow! Yeah. And, and in 77, I broke the law, which was kind of cool.
2: Uh, that sounds like a story. I was
1: down at the show with my buddy Chris Ward, 1977. I think my parents just dropped us off, which mm-hmm. was foolish. And, and, yes. And there was a vehicle on, the, on display in the Plymouth booth. It was the Plymouth Fire Arrow, okay. <laughs> which was built for Plymouth by Mitsubishi. There was okay. a, a Mitsubishi version of that vehicle. It was very good. It's a very nice little car, but it was a sports coupe. Think Celica, think Scirocco, something like that. But the door locks in that vehicle were built into the armrests, kind of on the underside. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find them once you were in the car. Mm-hmm. So me and my buddy Chris were sitting in the front seat, you know, pretending we're driving because we didn't have licenses yet mm-hmm. and making vroom, vroom noises. It was totally <laughs> what we did 90% of the oh, time yeah. anyway. When we left the car, we realized we could lock the doors in advance of slamming them shut, which oh, was something yeah. you used to be able to do. So we just did that, watched a couple get in, and then watched that couple struggle to get out five minutes later. Very <laughs> funny. And then we left. <laughs> For all I know, those people are still in that car.
2: They are still. They had to get towed out in that car. And you know, I, can't you just see the Plymouth staff saying, "No, they're underneath, like trying to make the motions, go underneath, yeah. like pointing and like."
1: That's how oh. I'm hoping it went. Yeah. Yeah. You should
2: have stayed to take pictures.
1: We should we didn't have cameras in those days. Eh. Yeah.
2: So, no Polaroids? No. All Chicago
1: right. Auto Show. So yeah, I, I'm missing my first one in a very long time.
2: I'm very sorry to hear that.
1: I am too, but but I will be following it closely and writing about it and talking about it. So it'll be cool. All right. But I won't be down there. Boo. Which is kind of a bummer. That is a bummer. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we talked to John Vincent of US News and World Report. Stick around. Ooh.
0: Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're
1: back. I'm Tom. She's Jill. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. What do I usually do now, Jill?
2: Talk about yourself.
1: I do, yeah. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm on X. X I am CarGuyTom. Tom. X. X twitter I, I spotted a car, and I can pretend like I spotted it, but my wife spotted it. And I don't know why she took a picture of it.
2: Because she knows you do a thing.
1: She does, but I don't know why she knew this car was interesting.
2: You're uh, not giving your wife credit.
1: Not in this case. This is, this <laughs> one, This one. one's weird.
2: Hopefully she does not listen.
1: She spotted... She doesn't. Uh, <laughs> she spotted a Mitsubishi Lancer Rally Arts Sport Wagon. Okay. A vehicle that was around for, I think, one model year. Okay. Kind of a crazy little thing, but, but the Lancer... We all, we knew it for the Evo, mm-hmm, right? The, mm-hmm. the the hot turbocharged version. Yeah. But there were there were big 2.4 liter uh, non turbo gas engine versions that were pretty sporty in different iterations over the years, and and this was one of them. But this is cool looking car. Yeah. But very rare. Uh. But that's the kind of fun you'll get. The kind of fun you'll enjoy.
2: If you follow you on on Twitter, I can't call yes. it X on X. Yeah. Twitter. Whatever.
1: Yeah. I am Car Guy Tom.
2: Okay. Car underscore guy underscore Tom. That's me yes yeah
1: follow me for fun just, prizes. just being helpful here yeah <laughs> all right on the phone right now is john vincent of u.s news and world report he's senior editor and we're going to be talking about dollar value john how's it going today
4: it's going well thank
1: you for joining us today where Where do you herald from where are you calling from
4: i am in portland oregon our office is in washington dc but uh, i'm here in portland
1: well, thanks for joining us today. You guys recently uh, put out a list of the best car values, best uh, cars for the money for 2024. Tell us about that list.
4: Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how we come up with this list. Um, we base everything off research. So this list is based off of a car's long-term value. Um, we don't just throw darts at a dartboard. We look at the research. Oh, but and that would be can... so much fun, John. I know. But... <laughs> But that, you don't do that. Got our, it. <laughs> we want our research to be valuable. So we look at not only a car's quality using our rankings, but we also look at its uh, five-year cost of operations,
2: mm-hmm.
4: knowing that you know the cheapest car to buy might not be the best value over time. Right. So we break them down into um, 11 different awards this year, and... We had three companies that were big winners. <laughs> I Honda saw that. had four awards, Kia had four awards, and Hyundai had three awards.
1: So Honda, Kia, and Hyundai, and there are no U.S. brands on this list, I notice.
4: There are no U.S. brands on this list, but most of these cars are actually made in America.
1: Well, that's an interesting caveat. Dude, just go ahead and walk us through the list. Let's talk about these
4: cars. Let's start with the best cars for the money. Best compact car for the money, uh-huh. Honda Civic been around forever. gets better with every generation.
1: I'm inclined to agree, and I think that this Civic might be the best Civic ever built, and one of the best consumer-oriented cars ever built. And and now that it's almost a cord-sized, yeah, it's just a heck of a value.
4: It's a great value, and you know, it's still a pretty uh, competitive segment. You know, it goes up against the Corolla, and nobody's Mm. ever gotten in trouble with their father for buying a Corolla.
2: (laughs) That would be true.
1: John, I say that all the time. I say that the Corolla exists because dads exist, and that that when you're buying a car for your kid, you think, what's just the safest, most reliable, easiest way to do this that I know is going to have great value, you know, resale value down the road, and I think Corolla. And if my daughter's going to have a car in another state and I can't help her, I hope she's in a Corolla because it's just safe. Safe in or terms specific, of because it's even yeah. better. Yep. It's but but the Corolla the Corolla Mystique is a thing that has has been passed on from generations of dads.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Dads and moms. Let's let's not leave moms out of this. Yeah. Right. Make, yeah, really let's not leave decision. the moms out. All right.
1: What else is yeah. on the list, sir?
4: Uh best midsized car is the Honda Accord. Um a new generation of Accord.
1: Very good. The car. Accord
4: has really grown up since the nineteen eighty three Accord that was my first car. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Finalist for North American uh, Car of the Year, uh, the new Accord is fantastic.
1: Yeah, that is a um, fine car. And, and the hybrid, they've, gotten, they've done away with the two-liter turbo, which bums me out, but the hybrid is so good, you almost don't miss it.
4: And they've gotten ri- rid of the V6, you know, a few years ago. Yep. I used to love V6 Accords, but you know what? The new four-cylinder turbos are even better. They're pretty
1: good. All right, what else we got, sir?
4: best hybrid car for the money, Hyundai Elantra hybrid. Kind of gets hidden by the Prius. Mm. Um, People don't think Hyundai Elantra when they think hybrid, but um, with the price of the Prius, the Elantra is actually a much better deal.
1: Interesting thing, too, about about hybrid versions of gasoline-powered cars. There used to be a big price gap between the two, and you'd have to sit down and noodle it out and think, well, will I save any money on gas doing this, you know, in terms of, does it make up for the higher payments? But that's not the case anymore, is it? The hybrids don't cost that much more than the gasoline power alternatives,
4: do they? In some cases, they, uh, they're, it's a wash. They don't cost anymore.
1: Yeah. So definitely something to consider there. What else do we have, sir?
4: Uh, let's get into SUVs. All right. um, and this one, it's, you know, it's classed as an SUV. There's some argument there. Best, Sub subcompact SUV for the money is the Kia Soul.
2: That's always a quirky, good little car. I, I've never had any problems with the Kia Soul.
4: No, no. You know, this, the Soul is has so much utility. It's so easy to load and unload. Mm-hmm. A ton of interior room, and super cheap to buy, and super cheap to own because it has the Kia ten year warrant, ten year, hundred thousand mile powertrain warranty.
1: Yeah, the, the magic of the soul, I think, is, is that Kia... It's the hamsters. Th- it was the hamsters. <laughs> but if you remember that, like, the boxes are gone, right? Yeah. There was the Scion XB. Yeah. There was, there was the Nissan, Nissan Cube. Cube. And those failed. But Kia managed to combine good looks with mm-hmm. really great space utility mm-hmm. and make it work. And now they're alone, kind of, in that weird box on wheel segment. Mm-hmm. But what a nice car. Mm-hmm. Just great utility for the, for the wheelbase and for the footprint. Easy to park. Yeah. Affordable.
2: Well, and it continues to evolve.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's a far cry from the first Souls, which were, you know, pretty rough. But yeah. the new Soul is pretty good.
1: All right. We were on the SUV list here, sir.
4: Uh, best compact SUV for the money, uh, Hyundai Tucson. Interesting. Another car that can kind of gets hidden, you know, in, in that class with the RAV4 and the CRV. Right. But when it comes down to, you know... Long-term value, the Tucson's fantastic. Again, that 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty puts it over the top.
1: Is that what does it, the warranty? Because when I think about this class, and, and I think the Tucson's excellent, but I always think CRV and I always think RAV4, and I think great resale value. Uh, but but you're, you're saying the warranty tosses it over there, huh? It does. Okay. Cool. What else you got?
4: Uh, best two-row SUV for the money. Um, kind of an old standard that still uh, still works. Honda Passport. Uh, Honda's given it a little bit more toughness in its current generation, um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good value, even though it has a pretty high sticker price compared to some of its rivals.
1: And if you want a V6, this still has a V6.
4: This still has a V6. It's a mid-size um, SUV, a smallish mid-size SUV that you can tow a reasonable, reasonable amount with.
1: All right. What else do we have?
4: Of course, since this is a uh, list of winning vehicles, <laughs> Kia Telluride.
2: Oh, yeah. That's
4: three-row SUV for the money.
2: So I, I, you may or may not have insight on this, but um, why Kia Telluride over um, the Hyundai sibling? The Palisade?
4: I can't answer that. I think, you know, when I think of Kia and Hyundai,
2: mm-hmm.
4: I think... Kia is the Pontiac, Hyundai is the Buick, <laughs> and reviewers generally kind of go towards the sportier, right? Um, and that shows up in our rankings.
2: Got it.
1: I think that's true. I, I mean, when, I, when when you talk to colleagues about those two vehicles, and they're mechanically very similar, mm-hmm. chassis two is different, obviously trim is different, and they're priced a little different, but they're fundamentally the same vehicle. People we know in the business tend to prefer the Kia.
2: Yeah, I actually like the Palisade. I'm the odd man out.
1: Do you? Yeah. Yeah. It has more I, features. I might actually like the Palisade ride in handling better, but I don't know. I'd have to drive them back-to-back, and I haven't done that.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, the, I'm the odd man now. Is, I'm fine.
4: Go ahead, John. Yeah, We're used to you being the odd <laughs> man <out. laughs> That would be yeah. true. Yeah. The interesting thing about the Telluride and the Palisade is if you want to order one, you're likely to get the Telluride much quicker than the Palisade because the Palisade is still built in Korea.
1: Uh, interesting.
2: That is very interesting.
1: In your opinion, does that have any impact on build quality? I don't think so. Okay.
4: I think, uh, where I've seen the stuff coming out of Kia's plant in uh, Georgia, is fantastic.
1: Cool. All right, what else do you um, have on the list, sir?
4: Another, uh, let's get into the uh, I'm
2: like, another uh, Kia.
4: alternative fuels. It's another <laughs> Kia. Sportage Hybrid. Best hybrid SUV for the money. And its sister vehicle, Kia Sportage Plug-In Hybrid, best plug-in hybrid SUV for the money.
1: Now, tell us about that plug-in hybrid. That is that about, I don't remember, about 35 miles of range?
4: Uh, somewhere in there. You know, it depends on the weather. It depends on how you drive, you right. know, where you're driving. Um, basically, most of the plug-in hybrids cover your day's commute, and then you just charge them at night. Right. So, you know, you're never burning a drop of gas during the week. On the weekend, when you take the longer drive, it operates like a normal hybrid.
2: Do you know how readily available the Sportage plug-in hybrid is? Because, like, if you were opting for something like the RAV4 Prime, I know you like you hard can't get. get it. It's very hard to yeah. get. Is, it, do, you, do you have an inkling of if the Sportage plug-in hybrid is available?
4: actually much more available than the Prius Prime.
1: I don't know if that's 50-state. Is that available 50-state?
4: I don't know the answer to that question.
1: We'd have to check I, on that. It's I, probably I, available in most yeah. states, but they've been selective about where they market plug-in hybrids. Just they don't want to put them where there isn't that much of a market for it.
4: They've been putting them in the ZEV mandate states. Right. Yep. Where you have to sell um, zero-emission vehicles. Um, The thing about the RAV4 Prime is that car was basically designed for Europe,
2: Mm.
4: and the United States got a few of the leftovers.
2: (laughs) Womp womp. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, I I personally think that plug-in hybrid is the best kind of vehicle to own because you get the benefit of an electric range, you know, for your commute, but then if you need to go 200 miles to, I don't know, go see your parents on a regular basis, you, you don't have to worry about stopping in yeah. Lafayette, Indiana to charge. You
1: know, I have I I have I have issues with this, and I don't want to waste John's time on this, but I don't believe everyone plugs them in.
2: Probably not. Which
1: makes them a tremendous waste of money and, and weight. You're just dragging around.
4: But if you plug them in, not a waste no, if of If you plug
1: them in, it's great. Yeah. I just don't think people but do that.
4: They sell, a lot of, they sell a lot of them in California because it gets you carpooling access. Yeah. Which is
1: huge out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. a huge deal.
4: I, I actually own a plug-in hybrid, and I love my plug-in hybrid, and I do charge it every night. I was going
2: to say, do you plug it in?
4: <laughs> I do.
2: Good. Good on you. It's glad,
4: every night. Glad
1: to hear that. What We got three cars left on the list, I think?
4: Well, Two cars left on the two list. Two
1: and what did I miss? Oh, um, I, okay, well, we, we got a launch hybrid. Okay, the, never mind. The, yep, go the, ahead.
4: Sportage and Sportage plug-in.
2: Hyundai. Ionic
4: Ioni- 5 yeah. from Hyundai. Best electric SUV for the money. Looks are a little polarizing. Not <laughs> sure how it's going to age, but it does everything right for an electric car. Good range, fast charging, when you can find a fast charger that <laughs> works, Jill.
2: <laughs> yes, that would be true. Um,
4: yeah. Um, just, to, you know, lots of cabin room uh, because of the way that uh, Hyundai packages their cars. They don't have a frunk like a lot of electric SUVs, but that translates into massive amounts of cabin room, flat floor, easy to get into and out into and out of. Um, just a great little car for the money.
1: Yeah. And I want to give all the credit in the world to the designers of this vehicle because they make so much good use of the fact that it's electric. The floor is completely mm-hmm. flat. You can walk right through the vehicle. It's incredibly spacious. and airy. Additionally, for an electric vehicle, the drive experience is, is decidedly conventional. Mm-hmm. The dash, the layout, the controls, everything just feels like you've gotten out of a different Hyundai Kia vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's familiar. It's clean. And none of it asks, there's no tax on you for having driven an electric vehicle. It feels like a normal vehicle but it looks cool yeah i like that vehicle a lot and i wish the tax credit applied to it but it does not at the moment
4: it does not at the moment may at some point but does not at the moment um an interesting thing is i was talking to a designer about electric vehicles and the only reason that they're the shape that they are is because people expect cars to be that shape <laughs> but they have they have you know an open palette to to design these electric cars because the powertrain is basically a skateboard. They can build whatever they want on top of it, but people want them to look like a car.
1: Yeah, there's a strange fan, fun fact about the, uh, the Chevy Blazer EV currently not being produced because of software problems, but let's, let's get past that for a moment. <laughs> and that's the fact that the car is available with front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, and all-wheel drive, because a lot of the limitations, as you noted, John, of building a conventional car don't apply to electric vehicles, so you mm-hmm. can do a lot more with it. Although that vehicle is relatively conventionally
4: shaped, however. Yeah, <laughs> it is. All right, we've because got one more. That's the only way that people will buy it. That's yeah. true. Yeah, one more car, the class of vehicle that everybody says they don't want to buy, but once they drive it, they never want to give it up.
1: That's that's Honda so true.
4: Odyssey, best minivan for the money.
1: I'm surprised by this it, one, and I agree that the Odyssey is a great vehicle, but it's, it's the oldest vehicle in the mm-hmm. class.
4: It is, and it was surprising to us too. Um, there, you know, you look at the Kia Carnival. That ten-year warranty. It beat the Kia Carnival, <laughs> um, Toyota Sienna, higher price, but hybrid, great mileage, all-wheel drive available. Mm-hmm. Um, Chrysler Pacifica available as a plug-in hybrid, but when you look, run the numbers, um, Honda Odyssey comes out for the I think the fourth year out of six, it won best minivan for the money.
1: Yeah, and there's stuff to like about the Odyssey. I know that it's old, but you still get it, it's the best handling. That's yeah. subjective, I realize, but it's the best handling of the bunch. And it might be the nicest drivetrain. That V6 and automatic just really work well together.
0: Yeah. It's
4: actually the minivan that I own. And, um, well, there you go. No, There's an endorsement.
1: I a, There's an endorsement. Yeah,
4: I, and I did, had nothing to do with the, with the scoring, but I own an Odyssey. It's not quite stock anymore <laughs> uh, because my wife drives it like a Porsche Cayenne. Okay. Cayenne but um, it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, well, you know, and plus, because it's older in its life cycle, that means it's less likely to break because they've worked out a lot of the bugs that sometimes crop up and, like newer, newly designed or next-gen vehicles. So, you know, it may seem like it's a little old techie, but it's just one of those old faithfuls.
1: No, and, it, and when an exactly. old journalist calls something old, too, it's because we see cars every year.
2: That's true. We, we see all the latest and greatest tech.
1: So we have these expectations that things be updated frequently, and that's not necessarily something that consumers expect or even need. That's fair. And the Odyssey is an excellent vehicle, and it always has been.
4: Yeah. The only unfortunate thing about the Odyssey is that it lost one of its best features a couple of years ago, because the company that was making its vacuum cleaner went out of business. Yeah, so you can't get the vacuum in the in the Odyssey anymore.
1: That was a shame because that was pretty cool. Now I never owned a minivan, and I just had the one child, so we (laughs) didn't usually have Cheerios bouncing around in the car. But if you did, and I had friends with more kids, yeah, a built-in vacuum would have been a thing they would have appreciated.
4: Yeah, we don't have kids. We have the minivan for the dog. Yeah, as you say, okay. pets. and vacuuming up dog hair is fantastic. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I didn't think of
1: that. John, where can we find out more about this list?
4: You can go to usnews.com and look at the cards tab.
1: John, thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Thank you for the opportunity.
1: All right. That was John Vincent, senior editor with the US News and World Report. We're going to take a break and when we come back, it's
0: Quiz time. Quiz time. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff
1: Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and it's quiz time. Jill? Yes. Before the quiz? Yes. I forgot. What do we usually do?
2: Talk about me. My turn. We talk about you. <laughs> My turn to talk about social media? You have 25
1: media. seconds. Go.
2: Um, can I take like a minute, 25 seconds? No.
1: A minute. Oh. I'll give you a minute. That's okay. We have negotiated.
2: All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I am on all of the socials. Uh, you 50 can, seconds. You can find me. Well, that's, yeah, I'm taking, I'm docking you. Um, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Post, Twitter, uh, Threads. Uh, All the things um, at Jill Simonello, and I use the hashtag cardajour. So that's probably the best way to find me because Simonello can be hard to spell. I find
1: LinkedIn baffling. Have I mentioned this? No. I don't like LinkedIn. Why? I don't know. It's kludgy. It's awkward. I never understand how the threads work. It's the opposite of Facebook. Facebook is so clear and transparent to me, and I don't know what it is. but, uh, But people can follow me on LinkedIn if they want. I don't do much there but talk about the podcast.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, post a lot of my um, Pickup Truck Plus SUV talk articles there. Um, and lately I've been posting a lot of EV things on there. And so I actually have gotten quite the um, following from people who are building infrastructure and um, people who are interested in EV things. So we've been having some good conversations on my LinkedIn page. I, m- I may not accept it as the friendship, but you can always follow me.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many friends I need. Uh, <laughs> I did just write a piece, though, about Tesla in 2024. It's just okay. some predictions. Mm-hmm. So people can read that. I did link to that on LinkedIn. Yeah. Link, I linked on LinkedIn.
2: You linked to it? So what, what, are, what are your predictions?
1: Uh, do you want to talk about those now? I have two big predictions.
2: Okay. Let, let's talk about it before, because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm delaying the quiz.
1: That's fine. I've got two <laughs> big predictions and then some smaller predictions. Okay. First big prediction mm-hmm. is that Tesla's any sort of rating or review or, or quality survey of Tesla mm-hmm. is going to drop this year. Okay. And the reason that that's going to happen is not because the quality of the vehicles has declined, but because the new owners, and there's been an inrush of new owners, Mm -hmm. right? They've lowered the prices. Right. People who aren't fanboys are buying Teslas now, and they're not going to protect the brand in the same way. So they're going to respond to surveys more honestly, and we're just going to hear more of the truth about how Teslas are or are not especially reliable.
2: Yeah, and, and quality, because there are a lot of quality issues, yeah. like from um, paint, gaps and paint. issues, paint panel and, gaps, yeah. Um, so I think we're, we're going to, we're, the Teslarati is going to be overruled.
1: So I think that's going to happen this year. And the other big one, I think, is that we're going to hear an announcement from Tesla, no matter how mild it is, mm-hmm. about some infrastructure, some brick and mortar. Okay. I think that if they're going to continue to sell and sell in volume, they're going to need more stores.
2: They're, they're going to need more something.
1: They're going to need, because people are going to want to feel better about where they get their their car fixed. Right. You know, a lot of the early buyers had another car, weren't worried about it, but it's a big deal.
2: They were early adapters and, yeah. you know, okay with the growing pains. Um, yeah. No, my, my brother-in-law uh, was an early buyer of Tesla and on his test drive, they gave him a Tesla for three days to drive. This is before he bought it and it bricked on the side of the road, and he bought it anyway.
1: <laughs> yes. That's the kind of person. That's the kind of person. And then when, when that a survey early. comes, yeah. they love the car. No problem. They love it. There
2: were no problems.
1: None whatsoever. No. Ignore that fire. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Ignore I didn't say the fire. Don't comment. don't
2: ignore the fire. Ignore the fact no. that it got bricked on the if side of the road. If your
1: car is on fire, deal with it.
2: Yeah. Don't ignore that.
1: Ignore my comment about Tesla's bursting into flames, which is not a thing.
2: It's not. It's not a thing.
1: Yeah. I didn't say that.
2: You did not say that at all, all right. on, on live radio. No. <laughs>
1: Your stalling is over. It's quiz time. Are you ready?
2: I'm no, this is a
1: great topic. Oh, uh, today's topic is was it ever? Okay, was it ever?
2: Was it ever? I'm
1: gonna give you a brand and then I'm going to give you three models. You have to tell me if which one of those vehicles was never,
2: was never. So, was it ever? Never. Yep, got it. Are you ready? Hopefully, this will be less confusing than last week's quiz, which was really confusing. I
1: actually have not listened to last week's quiz yet because. It felt like it was confusing. It was
2: confusing. You did not explain it well. I only understood it after it was over. And I was like, now I understand what you were trying to say. That was
1: totally on you.
2: Yeah. No, that was totally on you.
1: Yeah. Uh Yeah. It was a confusing quiz. This one's not confusing.
2: Okay. Was it ever? Never. Was it ever? Never. Ford. Okay.
1: I need you to tell. I'm going to give you three models. Okay. Which one was never a Ford?
2: Which one was never a Ford? Could it have been another model from someplace else?
1: Uh... No. Okay. Okay.
2: Because sometimes you do that, and yeah. then you you're like, "Wait, that sounds familiar." That's okay. tricky.
1: Yeah, I didn't yeah. do that this Thank time. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ready? Yes. Ford. Okay. Fairlane.
2: Mhm.
1: Fairmont. Mhm. Fairweather.
2: <laughs> um, are you a Fairweather friend?
1: Yes. <laughs> I will totally abandon you in a time of need.
2: I I got that. Okay. Or if it's,
1: if it's just inconvenient for me to be a for,
2: to be yeah. there, got yeah. it. Um, well, I know the Fairlane is definitely a Ford. Okay. Um.
1: In it, fact, Ford Headquarters is on Fairlane Avenue or something. I don't know. Yeah.
2: But they could have just made that up for no reason. They could have. Um, but as far as Fairmont or Fairweather is concerned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would feel like it would be a bad idea to name a car Fairweather because you'd be like, uh, is it or is it not going to work today? Is it a Fairweather car? It's raining. I always, I
1: always thought that about the name Caprice, the Chevy Caprice. I'm like, that's a terrible name for a car. Why? Capriciousness? That doesn't, oh. yeah.
2: Well, so I, my boyfriend in college, they, their family had um, caprices, and he used to call it the caprice.
1: That would get old pretty quick. It never did. I feel like I did that, too, and someone should have hit me for it.
2: Um, so you're, gonna, you're stalling. I am fair weather. I'm going to say fair weather.
1: You're correct. All right. Yeah, there is no fair weather. The Fairmont, a uh, little boxy thing that was built in the, around, starting around 80, through the 80s. All right. Yeah.
2: Do you want to explain how the quiz works?
1: Yeah. Six points total. Yes. Five regular questions, one bonus question. Uh, You need three for a total uh, win.
2: Okay. And you did not get to say your favorite line, so.
1: (laughs) Nope. You got a point. I got a point. All right. Plymouth. Yes. Plymouth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Barracuda. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Brighton. Mm Mm-hmm. Breeze. Ooh. Um... I feel like Barracuda was definitely,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and what were what was the middle one? Brighton. Brighton, and yep. then Breeze? Breeze. I feel like Breeze was too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Brighton.
1: You were two for two. Wow. You're on a roll. You've gotten the last eight questions correct.
2: I know, that's crazy. All right. Because I had a perfect quiz last week. I'm you just going to point that out. You're on your Even way Even though to a I perf- was confused. I'm going to
1: jinx you now. You're on your you, way to you a are. perfect quiz this week. No. Mitsubishi. Okay. Sigma- Hmm. Starion. Scoville.
2: <laughs> um, so, I, if Scoville is a unit of measure. I feel like.
1: Hmm. hmm. That's, that would be a weird name for a car.
2: It would be. Yeah. Um. But I've never heard of any of these as it relates to Mitsubishi. I was waiting for like the Endeavor or, you know, something that. Maybe I've heard of. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Scoville.
1: You are correct. You are three for three. You've gotten the last nine correct.
2: Wow. So the I actually, Sigma. And I've already won.
1: The Sigma. Yes, you have. The Sigma was a large sedan, uh, kind of ahead of its time, Maxima-like in its place okay. in the lineup, uh, in the late '80s. Oh.
2: Okay.
1: And the Starion, legendary amongst fanboys.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Rear drive, 2.6 liter turbocharged engine. It was a crazy, cool, good-looking car. You want to look at the Starion. Uh, okay. It was sold by Chrysler as the Conquest.
2: Not familiar with that either.
1: All right, Mazda. All
2: right. Mazda. Ready. My particularly favorite brand.
1: By the way, did you notice I've been going with alliteration?
2: Yeah, I have. Yeah,
1: I want points for that. No. That takes time. It does. It takes time, and uh-huh. it really, it's a tr- it's a tribute to the quality of the quiz.
2: If you went with the um, the the alphabetization as well as some alliteration, maybe maybe I would give you points for that. Too much work. Hmm.
1: All right, Mazda. Mm -hmm. The Nouveau, Mm -hmm. the Navajo, Mm. the 929.
2: Mm. So I like new Mazda. I'm not as familiar with the old Mazda. Um, So 929 sounds like it would be a Mazda because I know Mazda likes their numerical Mm -hmm. designations. Um, What were the other two?
1: The Navajo Mm -hmm. and the Nouveau.
2: Mazda Navajo Mazda Nouveau Um, I'm going to say that the Navajo was not a Mazda You broke your oh. streak
1: No, the Navajo was based on the Ford Explorer Okay And it was sold only as a two-door Back when SUVs were getting really hot in the early 90s Okay Very rare Okay No one wanted a two-door Explorer type vehicle
2: And yet they came out with a two-door Bronco Many moons later,
1: they did. Yeah, yeah, kind of a different thing, but yeah. All right, you're you're just doing this for fun now. Now, because I already won. Yeah. <laughs> Buick.
2: Okay, Buick. The Riata. Mm-hmm. The
1: Roadmaster. Mm-hmm. The Rochester.
2: I know the Roadmaster was one. My my, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what my uncle used to own. And you said Riata, and Rihanna. then what was the last one? Rochester. I'm going to say the Rochester was not. Correct. Because um, I feel like the Riata was like a sportier one. It was
1: a sport coupe from the was it the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a kind of a good looking car. Kind of a weird car. It was never really high performance, unfortunately. And Rochester was a manufacturer of, of carburetors that General Motors used.
2: Okay. And it's also a city in New York.
1: It is that too. Yeah. I'm sure that because there was a Rochester plant. I don't know that, but usually... <laughs> yeah. So many automotive things are named for where they're from. yeah. all right, you got three uh, you are a winner. we go to the bonus I got, question. I got
2: four by the way. no you gave me an X on that last one. I got the Buick one I said Rochester. Was oh yeah, not the
1: you one. did. you got four.
2: you're trying to you're trying yeah. to like uh take my points away. I, am. I got four.
1: All right. Uh, Jill, how many squirrels are there on Earth?
2: So this is the bonus question. It is.
1: This isn't the question. It has
2: everything to do with yeah. automotive.
1: This is a prelude to the question. Okay. Squirrels. You know about okay. squirrels.
2: I do. We actually have a couple of black squirrels in my neighborhood. Do you? Mm-hmm. Which is very rare, because they're usually in Michigan.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't. And we just have regular gray ones around our house. We have rabbits again. Okay. The coyotes have gotten lazy. <laughs> uh, To answer the question, because you were stalling. There's a lot. 200 to 300 million squirrels on the planet. Okay. So, not nearly as many as there are people, but there's a lot of squirrels. There's a a lot of squirrels. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, which of the following is a species of squirrel found in the U.S.? Actually, I need you to identify the fake uh, species. Okay. Okay. So, I've got three real species, one fake species of squirrels found in the U.S. Okay. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. The hoary marmot. Okay. The Douglas squirrel. Mm hmm. The Eurasian red squirrel. The auto cycle squirrel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so.
1: Since I didn't do anything to indicate which one is real, you can look at the list if you like. <laughs>
2: um, and, and when you say auto cycle, you're, it's O T T O. At first I thought yep. you said auto. Uh, like
1: a German guy.
2: Um, like A U T O. And well, I was. That
1: would be topical.
2: That, that would be. Um, I know there's a Douglas fir, Eurasian red squirrel, that kind of makes sense to me. Sounds real. Um, when I was looking, because again, black squirrels don't usually happen in Chicago, and so I was like looking them up, and none of these names popped up f- as pertaining to the black hmm. squirrel. I'm hmm. just going to put that out there. All right. Um, I'm going to say the Otto Cycle Squirrel is not real.
1: It's not. That is actually the (laughs) patent for the four-cycle engine that was uh, sometime in the 1820s. Okay. Uh, What was his name? It wasn't Carl Otto. Anyway, some dude named Otto patented the gasoline engine.
2: Some dude named Otto. Yeah,
1: the he Otto cycle engine. He would to be engine.
2: referred as some dude. I'm sure.
1: Uh, so you picked that correct. So you got uh, five out of f- uh, five out of six.
2: Wow, I'm like really and killing eleven it of maybe. the last twelve. I know, I'm killing it. Very good. Killing it.
1: All right, what do you got going on?
2: Um. So actually, I t- <laughs> I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole last week. As you know, we looking both looking for
1: black squirrels.
2: Looking for black squirrels. No. Um. Although that would be appropriate. Uh, no. So we, we talked about driving the Cadillac Lyric last week, right? Yes. And I posted um, my little mini social remedi- social media review um, at, to Facebook, and I dinged the fact that the um, Google system on – that vehicle is going to be up for subscription it currently has a free trial yes and it um will be subscriber based and somebody from general motors chimed into my feed and they're like but jill it's it's free for eight years and eight years is a really long way off
1: well it's going to cover the first owner
2: and I, so I was just like, "Okay, it's eight years off. Well, so what's the fee going to be when you charge it?" And they're like, "Well, because it's so far off, we don't know yet." So I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and essentially just wrote an article. and it was it, it's not it doesn't have like hard facts or anything in it, but it's just a little bit of a hey heads up. If you have something you know that's probably really cool on your vehicle, like XM radio or Super Cruise or you know, yeah. um and you know, uh, a cloud-based navigation. It's free right now, but the time will come that it is not free. It could be a year. It could be three years. It could be eight years. But um, so I, I wrote an article called The Truth About Subscription Fees.
1: It's a good thing for people to know about. An yeah. In- interesting thing about navigation systems. When I started Consumer Guide back in 2002, we had a long-term Lincoln Navigator, mm-hmm. which was an early vehicle with a navigation system, and it was CD-driven. <laughs> So we had this ridiculous case of I I think, 16 those, CDs right? to cover the entire United States yeah. and I, maybe Canada. And I don't know if it covered Mexico, but, but the crazy thing about it was you had to update them. Yeah. Because these were old at And some if you point. were driving,
2: you had to switch them out if you were leaving like the Midwest. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. You'd have to switch them. Like if you're going to Iowa at some point, like by the time you hit the I-80 truck stop,
2: yeah, he got to switch
3: into yeah, the did, new you CD. He switch
1: disks. It was pretty weird. And so now that switching and changing is being handled remotely, so mm-hmm. there is real-time updates. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter has, a, I've mentioned this vehicle, a 2014 Nissan Juke, mm-hmm. and she stopped using the navigation system in the car because it's really old. Yeah. And it hasn't been updated in any way. And I think I can get it updated, mm-hmm. but what a pain in the ass.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, and so a lot of the argument about these Google-based systems that um, that General Motors is putting in their vehicles, they're doing away with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto right. because they want you to use their Google-based system. And my argument is, why would you do such a thing? Because when that eight-year subscription is up, which... Eight years is going to pass a lot faster than what you think because four years passed really quickly. Um, And so I want to have the backup of my phone mirroring system. And they're saying, nope.
1: Yeah. The other thing going on there too is I think most new car buyers buy a new car roughly every cycle, every four or five years, basically when the payment of the lease is up, this is going to be a big hassle for secondhand owners who aren't looking for that kind of expense. That is true. All right. Guess what we did?
2: We talked about a lot of good stuff today. We did. we did. We
1: did. Thank you to John Vincent of US News and World Report for joining us today. Thank you for Jennifer Morand, uh, to Jennifer Morand uh, mm-hmm. of the Chicago Water Show.
2: And thank you for Jennifer Morand. Thank you. Yes.
1: Yes, thank you for Jennifer Morand. She is Awesome. She is she is awesome. Thank you, Jill. Mm-hmm. Thank you to producer Randy and the good folks here at Talk Zone. Let's talk more about cars again next week. Next week.
2: <laughs>
0: Remember to check us out at consumerguide.com. The Car Stuff Podcast is produced by J-Turn Media. To advertise on the show, please drop us a line at at ConsumerGuide.com.